Welcome to what is going to be the last Transformers animated episode of the original cast before new characters start showing up just randomly and unannounced. Because after that, you'll have about 50 to 60 new Transformers to look forward to in the span of 40-some episodes. You're listening to me, Sean, and... Charlie. And Thomas. And together, we're... Sparkcast. So, today's episode is called Enter the Nightbird. Oh, my God. I don't have my file open. Give me one second. This is 10? Yes. Did I have any comments about the Japanese area? I know I watched it because I remember them. the guy having a Japanese voice. Dr. Fujiyama, <laughs> the famous scientist. And he could call directly to the Transformers without them even picking up their telecom. Yeah. I don't think I had any notes because nothing was relevant for Generation 2. I, I didn't see any differences on the Japanese version at all, unless I wrote one somewhere on my notes that we'll get to. Me, Grimlock, no like you! I did like it first at the beginning. They're like, hey, we got new detectors. And I'm like, good. You need it. You're always constantly getting broken into. Whether it's underground by the Constructicons, you know, an invisible Megatron and Starscream. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, Those or, were those were so dumb. They or laser all beak. Had, they all had cords, firstly. They have so much cordless technology. Why why in the world do they all have to be plugged in with some kind of wire? So they've got a wire on mm-hmm. like a weird giant plate that somebody's gonna notice stepping on to begin with. And then they're like, Oh, look how it detects metal. <laughs> you know, like yeah. waving their own hands over it or something. <laughs> it's like well, duh, it's going to detect you before it detects anything else. <laughs> I doubt if anybody's going to like step on that and just make the, the whole system go off. <laughs> or are they ranged? And, and then later I found out, 10 minutes later, when a Decepticon's sneaking in, it's touch-based. These are the mm-hmm. most useless things you have ever invented, Wheeljack. And on top of that, they used them again towards the end where the female robot... It's just like, oh, there's detectors on the floor with cords and everything. I should go on the ceiling. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think they're as bad as Sean's speaking about to me. I just think that the way that they're being used are, is terrible. Like you, yeah. you have just this one set in this one specific location, and then you're making them flash just to draw attention to them to be avoided. Like, come on. <laughs> they yeah. were corded. It, I, I, I'll repeat, corded. They weren't cordless. They had wires running all around them. They were like super obvious. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny that they're trying to be so security minded and like they have this terrible implementation with the the floor sensors. (laughs) They have one camera at their one entrance at the front, but they don't have any cameras in the giant hole that's at the top of their base. Like all the Decepticons (laughs) can fly. That is so obviously like an animation error where they keep using the wrong background. That's I feel like that's from the pilot episode, and, and they keep forgetting to use the fixed roof one. And I'm just like, <laughs> all right. 
I mean, if they're in the side of a mountain, and I, I well, it, it seems like there would be a lot of uh, they would have to build so much just to cover the giant hole that would just be left over from from their impact. Sarcasm not appreciated. Sorry, real quick, I forgot to mention this episode is written by Sylvia Wilson and Richard Milton, and unfortunately, I was not able to find anything about them anywhere on Wikipedia, Amazon, International Movie Database. The only thing I can find is that Milton also apparently wrote for Marcus Welby, MD, a few years before writing for the Transformers. And with that, back to the episode. We now return to the podcast of the Transformers. One thing I thought was funny is um, later in this episode, we'll see that there is a giant hole with, a, with an elevator that goes up to the top of the mountain from the Ark, right? Yes, that's the giant hole I was talking about. Yes, yep. okay, yeah. See, that has never shown up before. And I was like, oh, this has been there the whole time. Yes, that's true. And, and even whether it was there the whole time or recent, you probably want to have some kind of camera there regardless. Or at least a cover that opens when the elevator goes up instead of just being a gaping open hole, right? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous because the elevator isn't really meant for people to use use it from the very top. It just seems like here's a top floor. The elevator just happens to go up here where this other mm-hmm. floor is, but it doesn't go all the way to the top of the mountain. So, like, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It should just be a tunnel. It, the elevator should have been in a tunnel. It's funny. It just reminds me of in Transformers Victory, their spaceship is just parked out in the middle of the desert or next to a mountain. So you always know the context of where people are in their base at all times. Cause there's like the bottom part of it. There's the top part of it. There's the cockpit at the front. Like you can always kind of tell where they are in relation on the ship, which is like, you know, one of the positive about that show, but you know, it's just like here. It's yeah. Just, I like when shows do that, where they kind of like, there's some continuity between, you know, the, uh, between different locations and you can kind of tell that like, okay, you know, if you're going to, as you transition from scene to scene, if there's somebody just walking and you can kind of tell that like, okay, yeah, they are actually traveling through the base. But they had, they had the same problem. They have like the one door that's always open on their spaceship, I think in victory. So the Decepticons, I think always know that's where to go in first. Cause it's the only entrance. <laughs> and it's like, they just never have the door closed. And they, they don't have HVAC. They, they need that one door for circulation. <laughs> I did like how, what is it, Optimus is like, we'll go, even though the Decepticons shouldn't want a primitive robot, realistically, but I kind of want to see what these humans have been up to, so we're going anyway. (laughs) He's just like, ah, yes, protection, and totally not because I have (laughs) self-interest. Because ideally, like, realistically, the Decepticons shouldn't want human technology like this. It's going to be so primitive, but somehow we made a robot better than... Better than some of the Decepticons are. Because Megatron already wants to replace Starscream with her. Yeah, Starscream gets jealous. <laughs> I mean, I honestly think that the robot was better than most of all of them. Like, I mean, the robot was beating up Optimus. So it beat up all the Autobots. It definitely could beat up most of the Decepticons. It, it, Megatron thinks it's, it's better than Starscream. So it's better than everybody, essentially. <laughs> From your point from last episode, remember how the scientist is like basically being racist toward the Transformers? Uh Uh-huh. And this time we have the Transformers being racist or judgmental toward the humans because they're making fun of their technological progress and how unadvanced they are. Wheeljack's like, this robot will just be a walking toaster. And and like joking with uh, Sideswipe? 
They're like, yeah, where do we put the batteries in? This is just a toy. <laughs> Gonna need an extension cord to move. Yeah, Optimus comes by and just shuts them down and is like, hey guys, we don't want any of that talk. Yeah. And, like, and it's funny because they're giant <laughs> robots, so all the humans you know are probably listening to them diss on them. Because mm. <laughs> they do it twice, once there and once at the base. Both times, Optimus is not really having any of it. He's just like, you know, just do your job. I love, like, how, I love how he walked by like that. <laughs> hey, you guys, you're being rude. <laughs> uh, so this gets to the main plot of the episode. Dr. Fujiyama, who is actually voiced by Lance from Voltron, by the way. They're like, ha look what I've built. And this guy, this guy stands up from the stands and says, uh... Mr. Uh, Mr. Professor, whatever. Why build a ninja robot, Doctor? <laughs> and I just wanted him to say because we can. <laughs> but he says it's not for fighting. He says it's not for fighting, but it's got two human-sized nunchucks and two human-sized daggers on its arms, and says it's not for fighting. And yeah. it's got a mace, it's got shuriken, it's got a lightsaber katana, and saw blades for hands. There's no way it's not a weapon. Yeah, Ninja it's... stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think Fujiyama obviously knows his market. He's trying to, like, get the military to buy it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, he, he really isn't setting himself apart from all the other scientists that build this deadly weapon and just like, oh, well, just because it's a deadly weapon doesn't mean it's going to be used for war. We're never going to do anything terrible with this thing. And, of course, you he, can trust us. We're a good company. At all. I like Optimus being off to the side saying, what is a ninja? <laughs> Yeah. That was pretty epic. <laughs> what were you saying there, Thomas? The end of your sentence. Sorry, I talked over it. Oh, I was just 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 elaborating on the, the fact that like these scientists always do this. They build the deadly weapon and just assume that it'll just be always used for good. Like the uh, the pink robot last episode, right? Mm. Maybe we should question why we built it after it's already been built. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. I know this should go into stupid moments, but it's not really. I'm like, this plan is stupid. Nightbird is old tech. Why do the Decepticons want it? Because this is my notes when they first begin to steal it. it, it it's, and then Spike even says what I'm thinking. And he's like, why do they want this? And then it's not later in the episode till you find out, oh, okay. They didn't know that it was actually this advanced and had all these weapons. So well, this I still guess... doesn't answer the question. I mean, like, why would they want it? I think, they, like, if they, if they didn't know it was that advanced, it, they just assume it was a dumb robot. But they still wanted the dumb robot. Why? I think Fujiyama kind of set himself up by inviting the Autobots, Autobots to guard it because I think the Decepticons just showed up because the Autobots are there. <laughs> They're like, "Well, the <laughs> Autobots are doing something. It must be related to energy cubes or something." Absolutely. We need to the... steal, so we'll just show up. Autobots just, plus scientists equal the Decepticons should probably show up. I'm just imagining uh, Megatron busting in a wall and then looking at Nightbird and being, she can't fit in an Energon cube and just immediately leaving. Because <laughs> usually all their plans are energy based. But this is a plan that's just to kill the Autobots. Like, there's nothing more involved than that. 
No, this this is there's it's not without ex the same. Oh, that's right. She's stealing thing. something. She, okay. she did she's go and yeah. steal the world energy chip that was labeled so in the Transformers computer control panel. But <laughs> why do they need her to break into the arc? They've broken into the arc multiple times. Yeah, they just got lazy. I guess they're just like. Let's, I think even Soundwave got in once. Sorry, let's send something disposable. Soundwave definitely got in. Ravage <laughs> gets in all the time. Yeah. I think Laserbeak has gotten in before. Multiple times Laserbeak has gotten in before. <laughs> Laserbeak. Yeah, so <laughs> even even after this episode ended, I'm like, well, the Decepticons didn't need to do that. Like, there still was no purpose to that. The cassettes are, like, always in there, like, in and out of there. Like, we, we heard I mean, honestly, talk about this. <laughs> honestly, after the fact, they should be constantly trying to steal her back because of her capabilities and how effective she was. One thing I want to kind of figure out was what's up with Bombshell just showing up out of the blue? And then two, was it ever established that he was just like some kind of tech genius? He basically took over the job that Starscream usually would have performed. Well, no, the tech job would have usually been done by the Constructicon guy because one of the Constructicons is a genius at building and then gets the others to help him because they know how to actually build the materials where one of them they is not the do like electronics, like brain stuff. I guess I guess he's also a smart one. The uh, bombshell, I can't remember. I'd have to see. Uh, yeah, his... I don't remember that ever being pointed out with him. Of course, the the mind control chip. Uh, they always he, have one of has, those. On he, hand. he always does that. So yeah, even though I feel like they could just story wise just force Starscream to also invent one of those. Yeah. So, um, Thomas, there was a character error in this episode. Did you spot it? Was it a visual thing or an audio thing? Oh, it was a character error, like a character who acted out of character. See, so they take off with Nightbird. The, Decept the Autobots fail spectacularly and don't protect Nightbird, the uh, Japanese-made, Earth-based character <laughs> who unfortunately doesn't have a toy because it was a one-shot character written for the show and there was never uh, a toy it was based off of. But... Oh, you know what? I didn't research her toys, but I know it wasn't part of the 1985-456 The way that they reused moles, they could have did something with RC easily. Yeah. She basically has the same body. It's, well, it's because... Okay, so basically... I'm getting, So it's a female body, so they're going to copy and paste female bodies all the time because they always want to make them slender. So they're <laughs> always going to look the same. Right. So, it's, like, you see that when you get to the a later Season 2 episode where you see all the female Transformers five of them on Cybertron fighting Shockwave and all of them have the same kind of body type, basically. But, uh... What is it, Boo and Bo? You're the, that's the wrong... Don't they have the same body, too? Yes. <laughs> like, literally the exact same body? Are they supposed to be twins, or... or well, what? that one works because they're supposed to be siblings. Oh, I mean... So I guess siblings, right? You can give them a pass on that. But yeah, so... Nightbird, her first task from Megatron is to break into the Ark, steal that thing that Charlie mentioned, which I forgot. The world, world energy, energy chip. Yes. Which actually kind of makes sense from a plot point because it, it monitors all the energy of the world. So when the Decepticons attack, the Autobots know the Decepticons are attacking, right? I feel like that's what it was used for. Anytime something goes wrong, they'll be like, oh, a power plant in, you know, this country. The Decepticons must be behind this. Let's go. So they kind of didn't really explain it thoroughly when it was first introduced. It, what I inferred was basically that it provided infinite power. 
But then they said that it provided like a record of all the world's energy sources. But then later in the show, they didn't again say clearly that it provides infinite power. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how did this never come up before? And like, how the, yeah. auto, the Decepticons never tried to steal this? This is like the, the ultimate energy source. The chip te- can tap into all the world's power supplies. Yeah. Including your yeah. router's <laughs> power supply. Even that one. Even the battery power <laughs> objects. It'll sap it <laughs> wirelessly. <laughs> okay, so while Nightbird is there stealing it, she gets spotted by Optimus somebody and cliff jumper this is after our, she's already jumped over the completely worthless metal detector stuff which you know that means the autobots just can't walk through that area i guess or they have to do a running jump i suppose but anyway nightbird is caught and cliff jumper points his gun at nightbird and does not shoot at her first i don't and believe then, that that's not what happened and then what happened he has he has the gun pointing at her it cuts to commercial and when we come back, his gun is now down and on the side, and now he's not even pointing the gun at her. That's two character errors in Cliff Jumper's part. He always shoots first and asks Optimus if he can later, right? Well, well I guess their original <laughs> orders were not to hurt her, just take her in. They just couldn't zap her a few times, and the circuits are still good, you know? But... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, they were holding off, and they made so many dumb mistakes. Like Optimus's uh, laser cannon gets taken away. <laughs> yeah, careless with that. And then he walks up at one point with the ninja's uh, uh, katana saber, and he's like, "Here's your sword," and like thinking she's gonna come for it, but she just uses like some kind of magnetic pull to pull it back yeah. to her, and it. It flies right out of his hand. He doesn't have a tight enough grip on it. (laughs) And speaking of her sword, her sword is a lightsaber, and it uses the Star Wars sound effects. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, this this is definitely... They're not hiding the sound effects anymore at this point. They're just like, we must have gotten permission to use them. Screw it. Use it whenever you want now. It was was just so hilarious. Well, I want to go back to the cliff jumper point. If anybody was confused of whether or not he was changing or not, he immediately reminded everybody how much of a trash Autobot he is, and he probably should have died a long time ago. Because <laughs> immediately he's like, well, I'm not doing this. I'm not listening to you anymore, Optimus. He, Optimus just told them, don't shoot her. And he just was like, I'm tired of this crap. I'm going to shoot her. So he had to be stopped then. And then later, later in the episode, just a few minutes later, when she's beating up everybody, he's like, I'm, screw this, we're shooting her again. <laughs> he has to be stopped a second time from just shooting her. Yeah, he's always, I, I was like, later, he just keeps doing that. <laughs> he's terrible. He's useless. He's, it's not even interesting that he does that. It's just the same crap every time. Uh, oh, yeah, because what is it? The Seekers, every time they fly... Their sound effect, I think, is X-Wing TIE Fighter sounds. And every time they boost their jet, it's basically a very modified Death Star explosion. Somehow, whenever they're going really fast. Those battle sounds, sometimes it just gets on my nerves. Like, they've got all these Hanna-Barbera, like, style cartoon noises, bonks and beeps Mm -hmm. and quacks, like, mixed into just... Mm -hmm battle noises <laughs> but it was really like that at one scene in this this one but 
Oh yeah, did you get the end joke about Cliff Jumper, you guys? No. Whenever all they're chasing after, and it just shows all of them jumping up, jumping up to chase after Optimus and Nightbird, and then Cliff Jumper is the only one who can't jump and make and jump up onto the cliff and needs help, right? Because <laughs> his name is Cliff Jumper. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh my god! I didn't. Did you, I didn't think about that. But yes, was he the one to kind of miss the rock or something? Yes. Yes. Oh god! Yeah, he and only I, made it like halfway. He had like a plaintive look on his face, and I was just thinking about that. How they look like they're afraid to die every time they're climbing something, and they like slip. I feel like that's something a writer did, and he was like, "Oh, this is hilarious," but I don't know if the kids are going to get it. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty hilarious. I was like, wait a minute. Was that? <laughs> so I, one of my favorite parts of the scene, uh, well, uh, yeah, I guess it is, is uh, throughout this scene, we're seeing that Megatron and the rest of the Decepticons are kind of watching Nightbird get away or fight the Autobots. And Megatron is just so impressed. He is just like so impressed by the capabilities of Nightbird. And he's like falling in love with her, essentially. And to me, he basically has, he's still spent with her. He's decided to get a divorce with Starscream and replace him. Yeah, um, that's what it felt and, like. And he, and he, yeah. and he just straight up says, oh my God, I found a replacement for Starscream. <laughs> and Starscream <laughs> just loses his mind and screams like, replace me. And this screams, never. And then he punches Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> he just punches him like this. No hesitation, not even trying to shoot him, shoot him, just he, right in his face, just slugs him and knocks him to the ground. <laughs> Megatron has to call for backup and tell tell them to restrain him, and they put him in jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, it was so he, funny. He imprisoned him in a force field that he was saving for the Autobots, insult for, to injury. <laughs> yeah. For, for a reason, um, Starscream needed to scream inside of the cell when they put him in there. Oh yeah, that scream was uh, that was a weird sound, weird sounding scream too. That was funny as well. Yeah, I forget what I had. I don't remember what my note is about this, but I just remember it. It it, <laughs> it feels like Star Screaming is in, is in an abusive relationship with Megatron, but even though he's finally going to be free because Megatron's found someone else to use, he's like, "No, you won't leave me. You will love me." Punch. Right. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> He's like, I need you, Megatron. <laughs> You're nothing without me. You'll never so, make it. <laughs> that so that scene is all the proof that is necessary that like Starscream is not a coward. He's not a punk. He all the groveling he does is an act. He just wants to be in Megatron's good graces so they can continue their relationship. <laughs> Now you're going to be one of those shippers, Thomas. <laughs> they ship themselves. I didn't have to do it. <laughs> so I, I thought I thought it was also kind of funny, like pretty much like right on the hills of the scene. You know, they put Starscream in the in Megatron's version of, you know, electric force field cage. We turn back to the Autobots who have successfully tied down Nightbird with their own like electric force field. And Megatron is just like so impressed that like, oh wow, I didn't know that the Autobots could do something so powerful. Before he shortly realizes that, oh, they've captured my wife. This isn't a good thing. So he gets upset and then they all kind of like run out of the base to go save her. Yeah, he was so impressed and he's like, wait, I shouldn't be impressed. I gotta stop them. Yeah. 
I do like it was the what is it? The conversation is Starscream is like, she's not so hot, and Megatron's she's she's hot enough to re- replace you whenever I choose. Oh, and then Starscream's geez. expression <laughs> right there is like <gasps> I mean my expression <laughs> Because Megatron just turns away and ignores him, and Mega and and uh, Starscream's expression is like, "What me? Uh, hot enough to replace you whenever I want." Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, those, those are golden lines. My other question, when you were mentioning it, is how's Megatron watching Optimus this whole time? We never see like the whole point of Laserbeak and Ravage is they can only bring audio back with them. I mean, how is he watching unless, you know, Reflector is somewhere off there using his camera mode to actually transmit video? Because last time we saw him, he could only print out pictures in the distance. So I don't know where he's getting this advanced, you know, video technology or where he's watching this from unless, you know, he's using like a Sky Spy satellite similar to what the Autobots have. Maybe he's just tapped into the Autobots network since... um. Even the doctor could just call them up, whatever, and just appear on the screen. It's like, does the network run all the way outside, miles into the desert, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere? Because like yeah. you were watching them there. Yeah, because he also. Oh, remember that one time they just put a camera on Bumblebee and watched everything from him? They actually came up with an excuse to how they could watch, it, but most of the, the time they don't even come up with an excuse. They're just like they're watching him from somewhere. It's a cartoon. Everyone always has a magic mirror. Yeah, that's so weird. If you're a villain, you always get a magic mirror to watch what the heroes are doing. Oh, oh, Megatron. This is his quote before he captures. He's like, yes, you're definitely on my replacement list, Starscream. She's everything I've always wanted. That's word for word what he says. Wow, man. And that is what leads to the jealousy. He's like, no, you want me, Megatron, me. Too much innuendo between those two. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if the writers were definitely doing that on purpose, because it's never <laughs> been like this before. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last thing I thought surrounding that whole Starscream situation was basically the way that he freed himself by just yeah. firing just like this dinky missile that just bumped up against the button to release himself, and then he just flies out. You you have like loaded missiles, m- missiles loaded in your arm that don't have explosives, and would not punch a hole through something it just it would just gently press a button like that's yeah. kind of weird yeah and it kind of makes sense though with the the way that the force field was scrolling you have to time it just right to shoot something through the electric field if that's how that's going to be viewed as soon as he's free he says i'll show megatron what his precious ninja is really like and then i added my own sentence then he'll only love me, dot, 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 <laughs> me, exclamation mark. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was definitely a line that was recorded, but they had to cut it. They wouldn't be allowed to do that. <laughs> I kind of wish there was deleted audio for this. Some outtakes and bloopers that they were definitely having fun with. So you know how I usually say Starscream's blunders and other stupid moments, and I usually say that Starscream did something that inadvertently caused the Autobots to win. Well, not this time. It was deliberate. He deliberately <laughs> chose to make the Decepticons lose because he stopped in Megatron's plan on purpose. <laughs> and then he just flies away. <laughs> and Megatron's so pissed off, he forgets his wife. He just leaves her and just like, we're going to go kill that guy. And they all just fly after Starscream, which technically they shouldn't be able to catch up with them at all because he's supposed to be the fastest. Pure j- jealousy led Starscream to do this. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Which it's just funny because Starscream usually wants to be the number one. So I guess he didn't want to be the number two. Well, I guess he's technically he's the second in command or third in command because of sound wave, but he doesn't want to be like, you know, even more demoted. He's like, I won't be let second in your heart, Megatron. Second in your I heart. think it's all about the personal relationship more than the rank that has got Starscream's metal panties in a twist. <laughs> oh, there was one thing I noticed in the Japanese version. They added sound effects to the stupid metal sensor detector for both scenes when they were testing it out and when she was jumping over it. The Japanese added their own sound effects for the metal detector. What did it oh, sound like? The metal like? detector is not stealthy at all. It just flashes bright lights and it makes sounds in the Japanese Yeah, it made version. sound effects in the Japanese version. And that's supposed to catch uh, criminals? Was, or... was it an alarm or like a metal detector? Oh, the elevator sound? had a... Yeah, and the elevator also had a sound effect. The one that Bumblebee and Spike were riding up to the top and then down again for no reason, just for fun. That had, had a sound effect where, at least in the version I watched, did not have a sound effect at all for that elevator coming up and down. Unless... That was just because it was the Rhino DVD and it's added back to the Shout Factory, which I haven't watched yet. But otherwise, they call they call her a she-bot. <laughs> a little and I'm just she-bot. Like, <laughs> so patronizing. I know. Why is there not a he-bot? Or, and they're like, they're not like, well, that's a he-bot and a she-bot. The she-bots bought it. <laughs> I can't remember if the she-bot is in the English or if I also spotted that in the Japanese one. Did they actually say she bought in the American version that we watched? I think yeah, they did. in they the did. American one they did. Definitely. Okay, then they must have just translated times. that too. Uh, exactly, because I heard him say it in the Japanese maybe too. But yeah, so basically the whole episode, the whole like half, second half of, no, the last two thirds of the episode is just them fighting Nightbird for acts two and three of the show, occasionally cutting to Megatron and Starscream talking about Nightbird. So they can save some animation costs. But mostly, it's just a whole fight the whole time. And at the end, they're like, they capture her. God, during the fights, what? She's throwing out ninja stars. They basically have a hard time evading her. Like you said, Thomas, Megatron is so enamored because she's taken out like eight Autobots are fighting her and they can't stop her. She's making their weapons obsolete. She's taken out all of their special powers. But And then at the end, they finally stop her. And they're like, why is she being locked up forever? Megatron just tampered with her. Why don't you just reset the, you know, the factory default settings? Take it out and put something back in. Like, why do you think she can't be fixed? And it's just like, well, we're going to trap her away forever. That's what you get, you uppity woman, for not doing what I told you to do. And then it's just all of a sudden, dun, 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 evil eyes flash. Like, you're going to trap me? I'll get revenge on all of you. And then it just cuts. (laughs) He said the credits. He actually did say she was deprogrammed. He's like, oh, she's deprogrammed and safely locked up forever. But with the exception that they forgot to remove power and take out the evil Decepticon chip, which that yeah. should be a lesson to all kids. Hey, always unplug it. Take off the evil control chip. Repeat after me, Transformers. Power down. Chip on the ground. Every time, <laughs> whenever you leave your house, make sure you power down, put the chip on the ground. You don't want your house to catch on fire. and unfortunately if you were excited to see another nightwing she never shows a nightwing nightbird nightbird never shows up the rest of the generation one continuity 
I don't think. I didn't research her, but I know she doesn't show up in the actual animated series or in any of the three Japanese ones. So, do you guys have any more stuff about what you liked and didn't like about this? I don't. Did you notice the... um... Braun took the place of Gears in this episode briefly. He was saying <laughs> that he may not be able to transform, but he still can walk. He was like being the cranky old man. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody was pointing out, well, Wheeljack's the doctor, so you have to do what he says. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was hilarious. I actually have a, well, I have an animation error for that later. So... Oh my god, I don't have my my stuff for my format. I'm lost. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's next. I need my my papers, my safety net. Okay, okay, good. Animation errors is next. Did you guys see any animation errors? Because I found like six of them. <laughs> Man, I never, I don't, I never catch a lot of the stuff you guys see. The only thing that I saw that was weird, well, I. It wasn't necessarily animation error. It was just more of an audio error. So at the beginning, when they're at the science hall presentation, whatever, where they're introducing Nightbird, the Decepticons break in and they're all fighting. The humans finally clear out. So then the Autobots actually start to fight back. So Optimus is trying to help a fellow Autobot who got shot. He's trying to help Ironhide. get the. He's trying to get the girders off of Ironhide. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets shot in the back. And... As he gets shot in the back, he's like flying through the air and the audio that plays while he's stumbling to the ground is just a regular guy's voice. And it sounded as if the filter for Optimus wasn't used. But even still, if it was used, I got, I it still would have been pretty odd sounding. Yeah, that, here it is. Optimus is hit with Megatron's laser from behind, but he yells in pain in Mirage's voice. Oh, you th- okay, you think that was oh. Mirage's voice? Yes. Okay. At first I thought it was Ironhide, but I actually rewound it and watched it again, and I was like, oh, this is Mirage's voice. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that one, to me, was pretty obvious, because, like, it went on a couple of seconds. Because he, he moans, like, a few times during that sequence. Oh, so. because I thought he sounded like Hank Hill when it happened. Because yeah, that's what I'm saying. Kind of... That's why I'm confused. It okay. didn't really sound like... quite like Mirage. It just sounded like some other guy. He was yeah. manhandling um, Megatron, and then... I guess Ironhide was stuck under the girder. He's like, help, the girders have me pinned. And then um, Optimus turns around to go help him. And then I think Megatron or somebody shoots him in the back. And then he's like, oh, or something. He makes like a, a Hank Hill kind of sound <laughs> as he's falling. Yeah. And then that's not the end of it. Later in the scene, Optimus catches the EC chip. But Mirage yells, got it, while Optimus's lip flaps are moving. And they accidentally use Mirage's voice a second time. And I think this is later in the episode when they defeat Nightbird, actually, because they catch the EC chip. You know what? That I, that was Mirage's voice. I actually just listened to it again. Yes, it was Mirage's voice. <laughs> you didn't believe? You didn't have it's faith in me? Well, I didn't. I I wasn't when I first <laughs> noticed it. I don't know all the Autobots' voice that well, except like Ironhide or Ratchet or Wheeljack. Cheers. But Mirage is not talking a lot. He doesn't show up in a lot of episodes in the first place. So. Mm-hmm. He's he's in this episode a lot, so now going back, I know, yeah, that's... The other animation error is what Charlie was mentioning earlier when Braun is trying to go into Ratchet. They have him lying down feet first into Ratchet, but he's going in perpendicular instead of parallel. I'm like, Ratchet is not big enough to fit 
you lane down the wrong direction. But then they push <laughs> him through and he does. I'm like, holy shit. His feet should be like sticking out of the wall on the other side the way they put him in. Yeah, it was weird. I was looking at that because I was like, what is that? A conveyor belt or something? Like the door kind of just dropped down and... I kind of was expecting him to be, you know, the other way around. <laughs> yeah, I expected it to rotate and bring him inside, yeah. but it didn't rotate. It just shoved him in. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, was really awkward. <laughs> so, let's see. My other animation errors. When they were on stage, Jazz's legs were painted fully black for a little bit and then switched back again. Mm. One of the weird things is when the ceilings collapse, when the Decepticons first attack the auditorium... There is a white jacketed man who runs to help some guy who's fallen. Only as soon as he picks the guy up, his jacket turns brown. And <laughs> it's brown then the rest of the scene. <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, weird. I think that was it for that page. I think I have one or two more. Um, Ratchet is smiling the whole time. He's saying what the situation's like while working on Teletran 1. Like, when, oh yeah, when he's trying to fix Teletran 1 when the ninja destroyed it, he's just smiling like, oh man, it's destroyed. I mean, his voice, his, his mouth, his eyes and expression, everything aren't matching the voice because it looks like he's just so excited to be fixing something. <laughs> he probably was. That's how it seemed to me too, like... I love fixing stuff. That's what it looked like, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Or he's just excited to be fixing something that isn't one of his Transformer brethren. Instead, now it's something different, finally. Like, he's actually feeling useful at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I have a question. Did anybody see... Okay, remember uh, the Ninja Jams Cliff Jumpers, you know, glass gas cannon? Yeah. Did she put a shuriken into it or something? Because I... I think I backed it up before. I never saw how it got jammed. It just seemed like he was like, oh, she jammed it. Like after he just stopped yeah, firing it. And she jammed like, it and he threw it away. I was expecting it to be one of those things where it jams. He tries to shoot it and it explodes in his face. But instead it was just like, oh, can't use it. And he throws the gun away. But I didn't see anything happen. I didn't see her do anything to he jam threw it. threw a... A missile, the missile that she caught. She caught a, one of their missiles, and oh, okay. the missile didn't explode. She just caught it, and then it was just her missile. So she she does something else, and then he uses the glass thing. The, the what is it? The glass glass gas. The glass gas, which is just a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but then yeah, she throws a missile right into his his uh the turret, and it it then it just stops. That's it. Doesn't explode <laughs> or anything. That's funny. Yeah, no, uh, no more deleted audio. Only one more episode till I have to get rid of that. I didn't see any retcons, unless that world ship thing. Hey, boys, we're gonna be movie stars. Who is the main character this episode? It was, it was definitely Nightbird and Starscream. I would think, even though Starscream doesn't really show up till the uh, during the first act. True, I'd say. It's funny they had Spike and Blue Streak go looking for the Ninja Bot. And I don't remember what happened to them. They just sort of disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got lost. Okay. <laughs> so do you think Nightberg should be a main character as much screen time as she got? Uh, I think they, well, obviously they planned to bring her back, I th guess. Being well, the problem is the... it was written by two writers that worked on the episode together. And then they never wrote another Transformers episode. This is their only Transformers episode. 
okay. So maybe they wanted to work on it and then just never got the chance or weren't hired again or they were just a one-shot to begin with. There's no information about them. So we don't even know if they actually created Nightbird or someone else did and then they wrote the script. So we never see this bot again. The she-bot no, is No, Nightbird is gone. So here it is. Transformers cartoon continuity. Enter the Nightbird. That's it. Oh my god. Oh my god. They do... In the Japanese continuity, she shows up in the manga, and they do bring her back for some of the more comedic stuff that came out the last 10 years that are like one-shot comic books, I think, on the main Takara websites and stuff. I can imagine her on like a chibi bumper or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, who is that? You never see this character? It's just funny that they wasted the time, you know, with the whole dun-dun-dun, like mm-hmm. evil eyes thing, glowing in the dark. And yeah, that was that was it. Dead. Never seen again. Safely locked up forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? They left a door open for fan fiction and possibly yep. a spinoff. And then she can hook up with, you know, Starscream and get Megatron jealous the next episode. Because, you know, she'll be like, yes, I'll team up with Starscream to take down the Transformers. And Megatron's like, no, you're going to team Bumba with me to take down the Autobots. And Starscream can be like, no, she's mine. And be like using her to make Megatron jealous. There you go. There's your fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just had a horrible thought. (laughs) Okay, what? No, I was thinking about a Japanese manga that's just like a love triangle, like a little like fan-made comedic love triangle between Starscream and... Uh... I will be going to CatsCon next year. I will look <laughs> to see if there's any Transformers doujinshi. Yeah. <laughs> and see if there's any of Nightbird. Uh... When yeah, I go somehow there. I, was, I was imagining that exists somewhere. <laughs> Thomas, you're just like, uh. <laughs> yeah. I just remember always walking by. There's that one guy that has like tons of manga made by people. And it's always fan-made manga for just everything. And I'm like, that's crazy. So main character, are we deciding? What do you think, Thomas? It's Nightbird. It's her for sure. No Starscream, since he actually has active character development and tries to do something in the show. I mean, I don't know that he did enough to elevate himself over some of the other Transformers who were definitely more involved. I mean, obviously, Optimus was almost in every scene. I was saying from a character standpoint, though, Starscream is like, immediately is just, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm going to be the number one. And then he's like, well, fine. Now I'll go destroy her so that I'll still be the number one. But that was only like a fraction, a small fraction of the episode. Like that all happened very quick. Yeah, it's just that it's character stuff, which is considered being a main character, even if you aren't in it that much. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys agree to that, but Charlie, what do you think? So who do you think the main character is? I would agree it's, uh, oh, you know, huh. I was going to say Nightbird, but um, yeah, I'm torn between Starscream and Megatron. Megatron had finally found love. (laughs) And it just seemed like you saw a new side of him with, you know, his new uh, robot toy. But (laughs) I guess you could also say Optimus because he had to he kept saying, don't hurt her, don't hurt her, don't hurt her. And then he's like, I guess we can't do this anymore. My 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 troops are going to get hurt. So now I have to hurt her. So then he's like, just had to do it. 
He was overly was... present in the background of the, the thing, like as a moderator and helping out when people were down and mm -hmm. getting his weapons stolen and being a little useless and trying to center people and bring them back to the mission. It's just like that. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess so. <laughs> Maybe, but. Thomas, you don't think Optimus could also be a main character, right? With everything he did this episode? Oh, yeah. I, well, I was saying it was him and Nightbird. I, oh, him and Nightbird. Were, okay. were, my, were my main characters. He's like a parent in the episode. Yeah. Like, just an annoying presence of morality and, and consciousness that we don't need in Transformers. We just need to see some robots battle it out, you know? Yeah. Well, I'd like to see robots get an education as well. So Optimus learned a lot about Japanese history. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what so, is the <laughs> so we all agree on Nightbird, but so Charlie, do you believe Optimus is also a main character? Yes or no? Uh yeah, I suppose. He had a lot of okay. lot to do in this episode. <laughs> so what about Starscream? Do you think he deserves to be a main character also? Oh yes. Starscream's incredible betrayal scene and performance was was perfect. Okay. <laughs> All right, there we go, Thomas. That's two votes for Starscream. All right. <laughs> That's like three main characters, then. It was all three of them. I don't know if we've ever nominated Optimus as a main character, because he usually always has a presence, but not really been the main character, except maybe in the end of the first trilogy. Or no, last episode, because he's the one that stopped evil computer guy all by himself. <laughs> I do what I want when I want! Starscream's blunders and other stupid moments. So the stupidest moment is Megatron. He says he's going to replace Nightbird with Starscream. But then Soundwave, I think, warns that she's going to burn out with the whatever that's inside her. And he's like, ah, yes, I know. But she'll at least finish what she was supposed to do before she burns out. I'm like, what? That contradicts what you wanted to do, which is replace Starscream with her, unless you're just telling that to Starscream to rile him up to see how he acts. <laughs> But then later he says he's still going to replace Starscream with her. So I was like, did you forget she's going to burn out? I don't know. That, that part was kind of stupid. And I don't know if this was stupid, but when Megatron shows up, he's like, I got this energy gun or whatever. And I thought he was going to just absorb the energy of something. And then in, instead he shoots an energy blast. So I wasn't quite sure what that was. <laughs> oh, man. I think the only other thing is, the, oh, oh, the funniest stupid moment was there secret base with the giant Decepticon symbol on rock painted purple. Oh, yeah. Obvious. Didn't they say something about having a temporary base or something? Yeah, they were like, Earlier. it's a temporary base <laughs> to make sure we've clearly <laughs> identified our secret base. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I think the dumbest thing in this episode was just the Transformers energy chip, this world energy chip, was in a totally open, like there's not even a door, unguarded room, and it just—I mean, all the ninja has to do is just go in, take a panel off, and then it, the slot that it's in is labeled "World's Energy Chip," and it's this it just takes it out of the slot. It's like, <laughs> yeah, who does that? <laughs> Thomas, any uh, stupid things? Cliff jumper. <laughs> Why? Because he kept trying to damage the uh, the American technology? Because he existed. That's why he's Oh, dumb. okay. That's my stupid moment. 
whoever gave birth to him. <laughs> oh God! Now just seeing him again is making you be like, I just don't want to see his stupid face. So the last thing we have is for the character spotlight. If you want to click on that chronoform link I just sent, this is really quickly. The chronoforms are. Where'd my internet go? It was an attempt to sell. These came out, I think, the same year of the Transformers line to sell secondary Transformers. Basically, an attempt to market transforming watches. I remember these. My cousins had one of these. (laughs) If you're at the Chronoform, go to the bottom and click on the Chronoform watch commercial and just watch this 30-second commercial. This is the world of Chronoform, the robot time machine that can transform. Chronoform transforms into a battle station. Chronoform transforms into a galactic shuttle, cosmic tank, a solar creature, a robot, and more. Chronoform. Chronoform. The robot time machine that can transform each time you tell time. Chronoform, the robot time machine, each sold separately from Takara. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, w- I was kind of angry that they're saying that looked like things that it didn't. It- mm-hmm. It's a robot time machine, meaning, I guess, a timepiece, yeah. honestly. But-, but it's like he placed it upside down, and somehow that's a, a base now. I'm like, no, that's a robot upside down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> it-, it just doesn't look like anything else. It looks like a watch. And it looks like a Transformer. That's it. I don't see what else it could be. Like, I still thought that was so awesome as a kid. I would have wanted one. I didn't know these existed. But, oh my god, there's a picture over there that's like, collect all of these toys. And I'm like, oh my god, there's there's more. There's more released later. Holy crap, look at those. Imagine wanting more than one of those. Like, it's a watch. It's just like you want There's... a bunch of watches to put on that have different bots on them. Or, no, not really. There's yeah, no I was gonna say, like, <laughs> are you just gonna play with these? It's like regular toys. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This is. A, it seems like it's a weird. Do you see concept. the picture on the right? Uh, the second picture where it has all of them laid out on the table, and says collect all the Chronoform time machines. You can click on it to see the picture bigger. It's not just black and silver. Like in the commercial, you can get a red one, a blue one. One is called Robot Time Machine. <laughs> and it looks like Soundwave because it's got the same blocky design. A but robot just like, radio time machine. Yeah. <laughs> I like One of them looks like it's just a, a freaking radio jukebox. It's like, does that... Is that, that just a portable jazz. watch? I was, <laughs> I was like, how does that even fit on you? Is that a... I, I don't even know what that is. High band blaster. It says. I think it's just a radio. I, I see little earbuds or something. Yeah, the the yeah. yeah the two radio ones have earbuds. Why yeah. is the what does that blue one look like? A oh oh, it's not. It's just a watch inside a jet. You can't actually wear it. Ah, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> That's the same. I think with that telescope over there. There's a telescope watch. <laughs> Or it looks maybe they come off of the watch. No, no, no. The Excalibur, you can see on that band, there is like a folded. The gun folds in half. You can see the parts. Okay, Charlie. It actually says there was another watch released the year before that was the same one that claimed it had five transforming forms. (laughs) The other watch is check out the second link for Time Warrior, and it's the most ridiculous thing. 
this is the last thing, and I actually just found this video, but where the watch, paint watch all fell off. It's the Time Warrior, and here's a small video that's like 10 seconds. Editor Sean here. I show them a short video on YouTube with somebody who owns a watch with the Autobot symbol on it, and when you hit a button, it splits in half to the left and right, so you can see the digital clock underneath. Oh, wow, that, that is weak sauce. <laughs> if you thought those were kind of weak, just just look at this. This is so dumb. Did, did, did you watch the video, Thomas? I did. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, it transforms. If by transform, you mean flips to the side 30 degrees. Yeah, barely. I, if I got that from McDonald's, I think I'd be happy with it. But if I was paying for it, absolutely not. Like this, those things cost nineteen ninety nine, according to this. Oh, oh, that same guy did a video on it. of the ones we just looked at. But yeah, that's Time Warrior, who was also a uh, watch that was technically a real person that could. It says stop time or reverse time or something. I don't know. The ads over there are kind of funny. It's just like, yeah, look at me, I'm a car, and yet here's a watch. <laughs> Countdown to the attack with Time Warrior. I probably would have, as a kid, probably would have liked the little Transformer black ones that transform. But yeah, when I first posted it to you, oh, they do remove from it so you can play with them separately. Because the guy just did it in the video. They all clip on to yeah. uh, the strap. Okay, that's what, cool. That's what they did in the commercial too, but it just didn't look impressive because they're like, oh, oh look, okay. it's a spaceship and like no it's just still a robot sorry it's oh my not god looking like anything <laughs> if you watch the video the guy has to turn his head around first and now he becomes you know basically black sound wave because it doesn't look yeah. like anyone else that one was just that one was kind of i mean he was he was taking his time opening it up but it was kind of dull kind of boring it's just okay yeah it's like mcdonald's toys mcdonald's transformers happy meal was about as fun as that <laughs> Yeah, you know, you had like the burger that pops up, and that was actually good. You could pop the mm -hmm. burger open, and it's got the little—I uh, guess that was laser beak inside of it or something. Yeah. Well, uh, oh my god, the other ones look like they're calculators because they got buttons on them. But anyway, yeah. So, Thomas, would you want any of these as a kid or now as an adult? Oh my god, no. Is that no? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, Charlie, what about you? Nah, maybe that little high band blaster. <laughs> why would I buy? Why would I even as a kid? Why would I buy this when I can get a calculator watch? <laughs> yeah, I think I would like the little. I I want that. Yeah, the high blaster one because there's a blue version also in one of the other pictures. I think I would like that one too. Yeah, because the black and silver just kind of looks boring. I want. I need something with bright colors to show off my awesome watch. Yeah, uh, only thing. <laughs> I could have imagined having one of these and then like taking it to school and like losing some piece of it or something. And then that, that was it. I, but I can't imagine loving this and playing with it over and over forever. It's just, that just looks like something for kids to take on a road trip or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then they five minutes later, mom, we're bored. Where's yeah. the markers to, to color with? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the name, they actually had names Auto Scepter, Deceptor, I wonder who's for what's cause, and Caltor, because maybe he's a calculator. I don't know. <laughs> oh, he is a calculator. That was the guy. Oh my God. He's so big and bulky. 
<laughs> All right, last last picture and we're done. Here, check out this picture. This is Kaltor. <laughs> He's basically a giant calculator watch that also goes on that strap with a much bigger uh, chest All right, area. here we go. Like I said, here we go. See, uh, he's the one I would hold out for. Yeah, that one's actually pretty good. Except for those buttons look like the El Cheapo buttons. You used to come on those little tiny keyboards. You know, mm-hmm. like you could get like a little $1 keyboard with like a little songbook. You know, it made the little dinging sound. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like. Like it's made out of similar quality electronics. <laughs> but, uh, Oh my god, one looks like a scorpion. It has a scorpion tail with claws and everything. So I think that one would be cool too. But that would be my second option. So there you go. There's the scorpion one. Scorpio. <laughs> oh, that one's pretty well, cool. Yeah. It looks like those are pliers, but uh, we know they're not pliers. They're probably really soft, weak plastic. That's awesome. <laughs> they could have made all. that useful and like made those like some kind of pinchers, like pinch your potato chip bag closed or something. <laughs> All right, but I'm pretty sure they're like $100 plus on eBay, so that'll just live on in my dreams. Any last comments on the episode itself before we sign off? Nothing here. Nothing here. All right, cool. Well, thanks, and hope we've shown you some <laughs> interesting Transformers products here at the end. And signing off, this is Sean. Charlie. And Thomas. You wanna hear music from a box like this? Here's a high band blaster that you wear on your wrist. High band blaster. And would you look at this watch? Who would ever know? It can change into a robot radio. Robot radio. Planiform non-radio watch is also available. Inviceptor Jet, Excalibur Gun, Scorpion, Autocron, Autoceptor, Keltor, and the Robot Time Machine. Each sold separately. Okay.